we have a brand new app to keep you connected to everything that's happening at Thorn Creek Church. It's called the Church Center app. Once you've installed the app, tap the Get Started button. Use your location or search manually to find Thorn Creek Church. Right from the home screen, you can access different parts of the app, including our online services, the weekend program, current events, and even signing up to volunteer. If you're interested in volunteering, tap the volunteer button and fill out the form letting us know what areas you're interested in. There's also a navigation bar along the bottom that will give you access to key areas from any screen in the app. Tap events to see current events and classes happening at Thorn Creek Church. Tap the event to register. Tap the give icon on the bottom to give right inside the app. Tap the check-in icon on the way to church to get a head start on checking in your kids for service. And take the QR code to the self-check-in system. Scan it and your check-in badges will print up for you right away. From the home screen, tap your profile icon in the top right corner. You'll see any volunteer requests and your groups. Stay up to date and connected with Thorn Creek Church in the Church Center app. Download it today. everyone. Welcome to Thorn Creek Church Online. My name's Jeremy, and I want to thank you for joining us today. Now, if this is your first time with us, then there's just a couple things I'd like to ask you to do. The first is to let us know that you're here, and you can do that by clicking that link that's popping up in the chat. It's a great way for you to introduce yourself to us, and then I want to encourage you to try out Thorn Creek Church for three weeks. We call it our three weekend challenge, and it's a great way for you to get to know who we are as a church, because every week here is just a little bit different. And for everyone watching, I want to encourage you to participate. Be a part of this service. And you do that by engaging in that chat. We have online hosts live who love to connect with people every single week. So say hi in that chat. Say hi to them and let them know that you are here. You can talk about all kinds of things that have happened to you this week. And you can also request prayer. That's right. Click that button that's right below the video. And this will connect you live one-on-one -on -one with one of our online hosts, and they would love to pray with you. We have a great service planned out for you today, a great message, and we also are doing communion today. So I want to encourage you to go find some bread and some juice or water, whatever you've got lying around the house, and get that ready because we're going to be taking communion during worship here in just a few moments. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Welcome Thorn Creek Church. Thank you for joining us for service today. I wanna to invite you, whether you're joining us online or here in person, let's stand and worship together. 
love endures through generations. Yeah. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of
Let your name every knee will bow, every tongue confess that you are God. You free the captives, you're freeing hearts right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You touch the levers that I feel your touch right now. You are the same God, you are the same God. so good so something we all have in common is we all need the grace of God right all of us need the grace of God none of us have it all together and and sometimes we're reminded how much we need the grace of God you don't realize how bad you need the grace of God till you need the grace of God right first John chapter 2 says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. That word advocate means mediator. If anyone does sin, and when we do sin, (laughs) we have someone who goes before us, and that's Jesus. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. That means the satisfaction for our sins, and not for ours only, but for those of the whole world. This is such an encouraging word. You know what it means? It means because Jesus shed his blood for you and for me, because he was perfect in every way, because Jesus did that, now we're all under this blood of Christ, and we can experience the forgiveness of our sins because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now we can go to God and say, God, forgive me for messing up. And Jesus is actually mediating and, and, and God looks at us and he sees the blood of Jesus and he forgives us. You know what this verse means? It means you don't have to kick yourself. It means you don't have to live in guilt and shame. It means you don't have to bury yourself under the weight of that mistake anymore because what Jesus did for you and for me is enough. It's enough. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful for the blood of Jesus, aren't you? I'm grateful for a clear conscience because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And uh, when we take communion, there's a lot of things that happen at that cross. You know, Colossians said, it pleased God for all the fullness of God to dwell in Christ Jesus. 
mean, he's our crucified God. And he's also the one who mediates for us. And it's beautiful. The juice that we have, it represents the blood of Jesus the cross when he did for us 2,000 years ago. And the bread represents the body of our Lord Jesus. And I, I say this all the time, church, you are joining thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of believers all across the world who take communion to reflect on the life and death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we look forward to the second coming of Jesus, the return of Jesus Christ. So when we take communion, we're confessing, Jesus, you are my Lord. And we're believing that he went to the cross for us. We're believing in the resurrection and we're living every day with this awareness that Jesus can return anytime and I need to be ready. I need to make sure my lamp is burning. I need to be ready. So that's what's significant about communion. If you're here right now uh, and, and you're maybe not at this place with God, you're really not walking close to Jesus, thank you for coming to church. Thank you. Keep coming, keep exploring, keep seeking truth, keep doing it, but don't go through the motions of this. Don't go through the motions. This is a place where you can safely explore who Jesus is. But this really is for those who put their faith in Jesus. Or maybe you're here and maybe there's some unconfessed sin in your life. Before you take communion, get right with God right where you're seated. Ask God forgiveness. And the blood of Jesus Christ is enough. The blood of Jesus Christ is enough. So get right with God first and then take communion. If you're watching online, thank you so much for watching online. We want you to participate in this. So during this time, we would encourage you to maybe to find some bread. And if you don't have juice, it could be as simple as water. And have your time with the Lord wherever you're at and reflect on the life and death of Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for what you did for us on the cross. Thank you for being our mediator, our paracletos, our advocate. Thank you that your sacrifice was enough. Thank you, Jesus, for your shed blood for us, for ransoming us, redeeming all of humanity. And we look forward to your return again. You are the risen one. Thank you. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. For those of you who are here in-house, you can come forward and take communion during this song at any point. Or we have in the back, we have some independent uh, um, cups and, and uh, bread that you can go to the back and take it there as well. Please come forward.
song guys such in that beautiful can we just praise God put our hands together thank you Lord for your grace so good the love of God isn't it amazing I'm talking about a story today that involves the love of God and I love that song my sin was deep his grace was deeper isn't that good news guys and my sin was deep his grace was deeper thank you Jesus but in this story it's a famous story and what most people don't realize is, are the events that led to this story and the event started off with a funeral service someone was murdered it was John the Baptist that guy was murdered beheaded by this evil guy named Herod and he's and now the disciples are mourning over this terrible death and they go to Jesus and they say Jesus what do we do and scripture says they were hungry and they were tired and they were worn out have you ever been spiritually emotionally exhausted and you know what Jesus said Jesus said okay here's what we need to do let's get away to a remote area we need to just we need to just chill for a little bit we need to have some alone time we need to have some me time and they went alone to this remote area and while they were at this remote area a whole bunch of people showed up and scripture says Jesus looked up at these people and he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. Now, I don't know who you are when you're hungry. <laughs> when you're hungry and you're exhausted and you're tired, are you at your best? I don't know about you, but I don't feel very loving during those moments. The disciples were at a whole different place, but Jesus looks up and it's the love of God. He has compassion over this crowd and he performs one of the greatest miracles that's recorded in all four gospels well thank you lord for your word thank you for your grace would you just continue to have your way here lord we surrender to you oh we need you jesus we need you jesus would you just have your way here and and work in the hearts of every person work in the hearts of every person who's online I pray they have an encounter with you as well. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for the way you spoke to me this morning. Thank you for the assurance of your presence. And thank you, Lord, for the souls that are here in person and the souls that are online. Truth is, Lord, some people are here, but they're not here. Would you minister to them, Lord? Some people have heard a thousand messages and sermons. Would you minister to them? Some people here, Lord, are just far from you. Would you minister to them? I pray we get a clear picture of your compassion, Jesus, right now, as we look at this incredible story. Thank you, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. All right, before you sit down, turn to someone and tell them his grace is greater. Do that. Type that in the chat. His grace is greater. Just tell them that. Somebody needs to hear that word. It's a good word. His grace is greater. Thank you, Jesus. Something that brings us all together, isn't it, guys? Thank you so much. It's good to be here. Um, uh, you know, before I jump into this message, let me just say one thing. 
This is our Feed 5000 week, and I want you to stay tuned. If you're watching this message online, make sure you watch it all the way to the very end. I want to share some highlights and opportunities for you to be involved in Feed 5000. So um, this Feed 5000 event, so incredibly popular, and it's one of the few things you can read in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's recorded. But uh, the movie, the, the TV show, The Chosen, anybody watch that? It's a really pretty cool thing, gives you a different perspective of, 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 uh, of Jesus, and uh, it, it's, all, it's, all, it's all great drama. But in there, they portray this, this, this scene of the feeding of the 5,000. They took a selfie, and I thought, oh, this is such a cool picture. Uh, I thought, you know, how do you get 5,000 people together and, and do this? But um, it, it's a well-known story, uh, and that's what our Feed 5,000 week is named after this event. And I want to start at John chapter 6. We'll look at John's account. It says, after this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So people are following because he healed the sick, right? Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, but he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? What good is that? Say that with me out loud, guys. Say, what good is that? Turn to the person next to you. Just tell them, what good is that? Type it in the chat if you're watching online. What good is that? As I read this story, those, are the, those four words right there is what popped off the page for me. What good is that? And that's all we're going to be looking at in this entire time together is this question, what good is that? Have you ever had what good is that? moments, you know, maybe, you know, it was two fish and five, five, five pieces of bread. And, and, and they're looking at that picture right there and I have a picture of that. And, and the question is like, okay, so what good is that? There's like 5,000 people. They only counted the men during those days. So it would have been 5,000 plus children plus women. So a lot of people say that's like 15,000 people that are there. And there's this one kid who has a lunchbox and he's like, okay, well, here's someone who has, he's got five loaves of bread and two fish. What good is that? Have you ever had those moments where you're like, okay, well, you know, we, we need to go out and we need to buy some food, but I only have a dollar. What good is that? You know, I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, we're going to feed everyone. We're, we're having a bunch of people over, but in the fridge, all we got is peanut butter and jelly. I mean, what good is that? You know what I'm talking about? Or maybe it's a relationship you've had with someone and it's just like kind of strained and, and you're like, it's there, but we're not there. What good is that? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, I got a car, but it's, it's not a Maserati. <laughs> it gets me from A to B, but 
what good is that? You know, I, I don't know if I can take it outside of the city limits of Denver. I don't know if it'll make it. What good is that? And I think we have a lot of what good is that moments. I remember fishing and I, I, I caught a fish and we were supposed to feed a bunch of people with a fish that I caught, but I only caught one. And I looked at that one fish and I thought, what good is that? I don't have enough. Have you ever had what good is that moments? I know what I want to do. I know I have a desire, but I'm, I'm here, and this is all I have. And, and you, you know, what good is that? I, I wish I could help, but I don't have the time. What good, is, what good is that? What good is that? You might have little faith or little hope or little resources or little strength. And you say to yourself, what good is that? What good is that? 5,000 people. And there's a little problem during this time. As I said, they all went to this remote place because they were spiritually and emotionally exhausted. And they were hungry. They were hungry. They were hungry. Who are you when you're hungry? Next time you're hungry, call me because I want to get to know that person. I want to, or if I'm hungry, whatever. That's, those are, but that's where they were at. So they're at this place and they're in this remote area and Jesus sees them. He has compassion on them. He starts preaching and he's preaching lights out. Now just think about this. Jesus did not have a microphone. He had no social media. He just stood up and started talking. There were no speakers or anything like that. And 5,000, 15,000 people are there just hanging on every word. And there's a little problem. They have someone there that's taking time. You hear that, Ezra? And they're like, Jesus, you messed up. You went over your budgeted time. It's now getting late, Jesus. This sermon was supposed to last 35 minutes, but Jesus, you've been going on and on and on and on and on, and nobody's leaving. You're long-winded, Jesus. And now what are we going to do? Now what are we going to do? Everybody's got one there. <laughs> Makes me feel better when they tell me I'm over budget a little bit. That's all good. Jesus turns to Philip and says, turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Don't you feel like Jesus is toying with Philip just a little bit? Like, Philip, what do you think we should do? What do you think? Where can we buy bread for all these people? And Jesus uses the word buy. And you know what Philip does? He's logical. He starts thinking it out and thinking, okay, I don't know if this is possible. I don't know what we can do. Um, um, you know, he thinks naturally. He's a realist. He calculates. Anybody wired like Philip? He's, he's working through kind of what are the resources and how much is this going to cost and where can they buy food? Oh, they're in the remote area. That's right. There's no King Supers around them. There's no Costco. What do we do? We're out here in the sticks. What do we do with this whole thing? And maybe at this time he's thinking, gosh, we, not, we have to buy food for all these people. We're going to have to buy plates and forks and napkins and cups. And I don't understand how we can do this. And, 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 then, he, and then he says in verse 7, he says, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. He's a math guy. Philip is calculating everything, and he's like, okay, I, I, that guy looks pretty big. I think he'll eat a lot, and I think she'll eat a lot, and I think well, that kid might eat half of a meal, maybe one, 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 one leg instead of a thigh. I don't know. But I, I calculate everything. Is it, you know what? We don't have even work for months. It's impossible. It's impossible. And Jesus is just watching Jesus is watching. He assesses everything. And Jesus was telling him, that, or Jesus said he was testing Philip. He was testing. What's the test? What's the test? 
I mean, do you think we have Philip moments in our life? When we look at our situation and we say to ourselves, what good is that? It's not enough. Do you think we have moments in our life where, where Jesus is just kind of like leaning in to see, are you going to trust me? Are you going to, are you going to, are you going to seek me? And, and I, I, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And here it comes, verse 8. Then Andrew, say Andrew with me, Andrew. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But there it is again. Say it out loud with me. What good is that with this huge crowd? And the way he says it, it's almost like Andrew's like, it's like an afterthought. You know, I'm going to say this just to say it. I know it's not the solution. I know it doesn't change anything. It's like a footnote. I'll just tell you what this kid has, but I know it's not going to do anything or mean anything. And it's no big, I, I understand it doesn't fix our problem. But this one kid has two fish and five loaves, five pieces of bread. But what good is that? And Andrew highlights this young man, which is really interesting. Let me just say this too. During these days, they counted the men. They didn't count the women and the children. And isn't it beautiful? The God who sees those who are overlooked. The God who loves the forgotten uses the one who was not counted for the miracle. Did you guys hear that? That is so good. God, use, God uses the one that everyone else overlooks for the miracle. Glory to God. He's a God of the disadvantaged, the God of the lost. He's that God. What good is that? We can have a perspective like that. We can say to ourselves, the size of my problem is greater than the size of my lunchbox, right? We can say that. The size of our problem, my problem is greater than the size of my lunchbox. What good is that? We can minimize what we have. Anybody love leftovers? I, I like spaghetti leftovers. That's probably my favorite leftover right there. Spaghetti leftovers are great. But there are certain leftovers I'm not crazy about, and I'm just hoping other people in the family will eat it before I do. Because then it's like a real moral dilemma if I get something else, and I know I have food in there, but I'm not crazy about the food. So I'm hoping my wife or someone, one of my kids, or someone visiting, come over to my house when I have bad leftovers, and I'll give it to you because I don't want it. But, <laughs> you know, I, anybody, I, I'm not always crazy about leftovers. What good is that? You might be in a relationship and think, you know what? I have a relationship with them. We barely talk. What good is that? Thanksgiving's coming up. Thanksgiving at times can be a very challenging time when you, when you put families together that haven't been together for months and months and months and maybe haven't talked even for years. And all of a sudden they're sitting at the same table and you're wondering what's going to be brought up. Lord, be with me before I eat this turkey. I want to enjoy the turkey, but I got so-and-so sitting across the table. I need your help, God. We have a relationship, but it's not really a relationship. You know, if, we, if they weren't family, we probably wouldn't be hanging out together. I got a relationship, and it's not much, so what good is that? Or you might have a what good is that relationship in your own home. You're like living with someone, but you're more roommates. And you look at it, and you say, well, what good is that? What good is that? Or at a job. It's like, yeah, I have a job, but don't ask me what, what I do because I'm not really not proud of it. And 
I'm really not excited about it, and there's not a lot of room and opportunity for growth and promotion, and the bennies are horrible. So yeah, I got a job, but it's not much. I'd rather not talk about it. What good is that? Little faith, whatever it might be. Here's our problem. We can dismiss what we have left. Hang with me, guys. We can look at what we have left and look at it with eyes like Philip or Andrew and say, what good is that? It's not much. There's not a lot of things that can come from that. What good is that? Hear this. The miracle is not in what you don't have. The miracle is in what is left. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The miracle is not in what you don't have. It's in what you have left. And sometimes all we do when it comes to our life, we can mourn over things that we don't have. We can have regret over things that we don't have. I lost this or I lost that and I had this and I had this and now it's gone. And we could, in our mind, we convince ourselves, oh, boy, if I just had that again. If I, was just, if I was just there again, if I, I lost it, I had it, and now it's gone. And this story is all about the miracle is what's in the lunchbox that everyone else overlooks. It's what, in, what you have left. Have you ever considered what you have left right now in your life is enough for God to work with? Glory to God. What you have in your life right now is enough for God to work with that relationship, that financial situation, whatever it is, it's enough for God to work with. Now you may be at a place where you've had a lot of hurt and pain in your life and you feel like you're still healing. It's enough for God to work with everything you've gone through in life. And you think, gosh, this has been just crazy. And I, I, you know, I, all I have is a little bit, it's enough for God to work with. I thought about this idea I thought about this idea of God working with a little, God working with the few. And, and the Lord brought something to my mind. It's uh, in scripture, it's known as the remnant, the remnant. You read about it quite a bit in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it's mentioned quite a bit. But the remnant, that word means a leftover amount from a larger portion or piece. Sounds a little bit like, Two fish and five loaves, doesn't it? A leftover amount. And when you look at scripture, I think I want to do a whole series on this word remnant because it's so powerful. But when you look at scripture, um, there's times when, when God describes the people of Israel as the remnant. You know, when they're coming back from exile, and here's a picture of what it may have looked like. Uh, there were fewer Israelites coming back from exile than before. It's like God allowed that great number of Israelites, one million plus to kind of, and two million and just kept growing. And to all of a sudden it whittled down and, and there were a few people and there were fewer than before, less than before. It was a remnant of what it used to be. And people look at that remnant and they think, oh, it's, it, they're not very many big. There's not a lot of people. It's just a few. There's just a few. See, we can dismiss things and people and organizations and churches and businesses because there's only a few 
We do that in churches all the time. Oh, look at that big church. They must have it all together. Look at that small church. They don't. But when you look at scripture, you see this incredible value on the remnant. And here's some verses, guys, to help you understand this. Jeremiah said, uh, God said this, but I will gather together the remnant of my flock from the countries where I have driven them. They, they disobeyed God and God drove them out. And eventually it was just a few that returned. He said, I will bring them back to their own sheepfold and they will be fruitful and increase in number. The remnant, they will be fruitful and they will increase in number. Verse 20, Isaiah chapter 10 says, In that day the remnant left in Israel, the survivors in the house of Jacob, will no longer depend on allies who seek to destroy them, but they will faithfully trust the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return. Yes, the remnant of Jacob will return to the mighty God. They'll no longer depend on allies. They will faithfully trust the Lord. And Haggai says this, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, a son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. You know what God's doing with the Israelites? He's breaking them down. He's separating those who really want to follow him, those who really want to trust him. Sometimes God does that. There might be a huge group, whatever it is, and God allows it to become few. He allows it to be. I'm thinking about Gideon and his army, how God just whittled him down to just a few. I'm thinking about Noah when creation 2.0, when the world was full of evil. What did he do? God started again with one family. And sometimes God allows the circumstances to whittle us down to a place. And, and for us, it might be humbling us. You're here at church right now or you're watching online and there's some things that have happened in your life and, 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 and God is working in your life and it humbling you. Praise the Lord. But the remnant belongs to God. It whittles it down to a few. See, the remnant displays the strength of God. That's what it does. Because everybody else looks at it and says, what good is that? There's just a few. What good is that? Jesus turned the whole world upside down with 12 disciples. What good is that? See, what happens is when there's only two fish and five loaves, and God works with the, man, with the two fish and five loaves to 15,000 people, you know what? That means it's not about you, brother. It's not about you, sister. God is the one who gets the glory and he gets all the credit. And sometimes God allows us to just go to this place of exhaustion, this place of little, this place of what good is that? Because that's when God moves. And God says, look, I can do much. I can do much. Your job is to trust God. Your job is to lean on God. Your job is to watch God move and be obedient to God. What good is that? A remnant is enough for God. God can do great things with a few people. And the other thing I thought of as I looked at this passage and I thought about this idea of God starting off with small and doing great things. And I thought about the mustard seed. 
The mustard seed is, it's, it's one of the smallest seeds out there. And during the times of Jesus, it was the smallest. And it's one to two millimeters in size. It's pretty small. And yet the brush can grow upwards to 20 to 30 feet tall and wide. And you know what Jesus said about the mustard seed? He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it, what church, when it grows. It is the what? It is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Isn't that beautiful? The kingdom of heaven. It's like a mustard seed. See, you might be the only one in your family to choose Jesus. You might be the only Christian where you work. You might be the only one, the only Christian in your whole school. You might be the only Christian at your job. You might be the only one in your town But that's enough for Jesus. One personal decision for Jesus Christ is enough for God to save an entire family. Glory to God. And it's so powerful. It's so potent that even when you're at church and you're and you're listening to a message and within your heart of hearts you're you're making a decision to trust God. You're making a decision to stand. On, by faith and, and to stand in Christ and, and to put your trust in Christ and, and you make this very private decision right where you're at. It's like a mustard seed and it's going to grow. The word of God is organic and it'll start growing and growing and growing and eventually there's going to be some branches and people will see the fruit of it. And people will be like, wow, look what, happened in that, look what happened in that life. Oh, but it started with a very private, personal decision that nobody else saw. And you said, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to put you first. And you meant it. You weren't playing games. It wasn't about your mama or your daddy. It was about your decision. And you made that. It was a mustard seed that was planted. And eventually other people saw it. Eventually other people saw it. I praise the Lord that I I was the first one in my home to come to know Jesus. Anyone else, only one in your home to know Jesus? I know what that feels like. I'm with you, brother. I know what that feels like. Anybody knows what it's like to be the only one who knows Jesus at work? Anybody know what it feels like to be the only one who knows Jesus with your friend group? Anybody knows what that feels like? It's enough. It's like a mustard seed. It's a mustard seed and it grows. You look at the rest of the story. It says, tell everyone, Jesus says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. You know, this is a part in the story that grabs me. What did Jesus do? He took the loaves, got the lunchbox, whatever it was, and maybe put it in this basket, and, and then he raised this basket. He raised this basket. I'm looking for a basket. I don't have a basket. I should have brought a basket. 
Can we get a basket? Can we get a basket? Someone get a basket somewhere. Do we have a basket in the kitchen or something like that? Uh, run really fast. We're just waiting on you. So take your time. Look at it. I love Tristan. <laughs> um, the miracle that I see is Jesus took the two fish and five loaves. And all he did was raise it and thank God for it. Right? Where did the multiplication happen? Where did the multiplication happen? Everybody's looking for a basket. This is, I'm so sorry, guys. Everybody's looking for a basket. Half the church has left. Online, just want you to know the church has left and they're all looking for a basket. Oh my goodness. It's all good, guys, if we don't have a basket. Oh, that's works right there. We got a basket. Oh, bring it up here, Tristan. We got two baskets. Thank you so much. You know what? I don't need it after all, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. This will work. Thank you, Tristan. Thank you so much for trying to help out. So I think when, when Jesus, I don't think it was a basket, but it was similar. Just roll with me. But when Jesus lifted it up, he thanked God for the basket, a basket for the bread, the two fish and the five loaves. And something happened when he thanked his father. So other versions say that he broke the bread. But it's while he thanked God, when he came back with that basket, and they were reaching in and getting their, getting the, the fish and the bread. It's like, it, it was like, it never stopped. They just kept appearing. And then he said, here, take this and let me fill this here and I'll give you some over here. And let me, there's still some here. And let me fill, let me go ahead and fill this. And they just kept appearing and the baskets were being spread out. And, and, and now because Jesus thanked God first, Thanked his heavenly father. There was this miracle that happened in this basket. This incredible miracle. He did the same thing for the fish. And then the scripture says this. And they all ate as much as what? They... As much as they wanted. The other thing I see in this miracle. <laughs> the other thing I see in this miracle. Is so many times when Jesus performed a miracle... There was like one person that was the beneficiary of the miracle. He had demons and the demons were out. She was raised back to life. You know, she was the one who was sick and then she was healed. He was the one who was blind and now he can see. But this miracle is different, guys. 15,000 people have the miracle in their belly. They have the blessing in their belly. Who's going to say, I don't think Jesus is all that? Who's going to say, I don't, I don't think Jesus is that? They have the miracle in their belly. And it's digesting inside of them. Every one of them has the miracle in their belly. And they can't deny it. They all ate as much as they wanted. Do you see the heart of God? Hey, Philip, what are we going to do? Where are we going to buy bread? Anybody have an idea? Andrew, you got something to say? What? It's getting late. Should we worry? Should we panic? Should we stress? What? We don't have enough? What are we going to do? And verse 12 says, and everyone was full. Jesus told his disciples, now go gather the leftovers 
so that nothing is wasted. All of you who love leftovers, just shout out amen right there. You know who you are. You don't want to waste anything. You don't waste anything. And that's what Jesus did. Isn't it beautiful? See, God is so big. God can do math. God knew how many people were there. And God's big enough to feed everyone exactly what they needed. I mean, he's big enough to to say, okay, I'm going to give everyone exactly what they need. But that's not the heart of God. What does he do? So much. Scripture says there were 12 baskets of leftovers. And, and now there's so much leftovers, he went above and beyond. It's like, so what were you worried about? What were you stressing about? It's the feeding of the 5,000. I have this picture of the disciples walking through the crowd, feeding people. And I, I could only imagine laughter. I could only imagine joy. I could only imagine, this is awesome, this is great. I could only imagine, yeah. I, and I think the disciples forgot they were hungry. I just, just, that's speculation. But I think they're just so blown away with the miracle. And they, at, one mo- at one moment they were grieving and mourning and, and they needed some alone time and then the crowd showed up. And now I think the disciples are just caught up in the whole thing. Now I think the disciples are, this is crazy. I'm not even hungry. Here, just take it. I'm not hungry anymore. Jesus gave thanks. Hear this. Instead of minimizing what is left, thank God for what you have. Hello. Thank God for what you have. Thank God for what you have. Thank God you have a kid maybe that makes a lot of bad decisions, but they make some good ones. Praise the Lord. Thank God for that. Thank God you may not have it all, but you have a little and that's enough. Thank God for what you have. You have breath in your lungs right now. Thank God for what you have. Thank God that God is still with you. He hasn't forsaken you. He has taken care of you. Thank God for what you have. I want to do something. I want to give you an opportunity to thank God for what you have. I want you to just praise the Lord and say, thank you, Jesus, for what I have. Can you do that? If you want to stand up and you want to applaud, put your hands together. Let's do it right now. Just say, put your hands, say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what I have. You're so good, God. Thank you for what I have. Thank you, God, for what I have. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. Because it's not about what you don't have. It's about what's left. And God can do a miracle with what's left. Thank God for what you have. Scripture says this, so they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets. How many baskets did they pick up? With scraps. This would be a good message to title, like Save the Scraps. That would be a good title for this. Left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Thank God for what you have. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you may have two fish and five loaves. What do you have? You may, it may be a situation where you look at and you're like, I just got two fish and five loaves. The problem is I got 15,000 to feed and all I got is one, one basket of this. It's, do you have a what good is that moment? I think the mistake we can make 
as we compare what's in the basket with what we think we can do rather than recognizing who is in the room. My God's a big God. Isn't he a big God? You don't have anything to worry about. You trust him. You trust him. I'm going to give you an opportunity. What do you have? What do you have? Some of you, you might have a little whatever. What do you have? It's enough for God. It's enough. And he wants to do a miracle in your life. It's not about what you lost. It's about what you have. And he wants to do a miracle in your life. You know, God wants to completely change your heart. God wants to transform you. God wants to make you in a new man, a new woman. God wants to do a miracle inside of you. It's the mustard seed. He wants to, he wants to use you in a greater way. Isn't it beautiful that Jesus used the disciples who questioned what to do as the vehicle for the miracle? Isn't that beautiful? Do you see the heart of God? Isn't that crazy? The one who questioned is now the vehicle for the miracle. I just have a feeling that they were like passing out them thinking, I told you you didn't need to worry. I told you everything was going to be all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But here's, here's where, where it counts. When all you have are two fish and five loaves, are you going to have faith? There's no faith when there's plenty to feed the 15,000. That's not faith. That's just, it's just there. But what about when the refrigerator is empty? What, what about when you look at your life and you think, I don't have a lot. What, will you have faith with the two fish and five loaves? I want to give you an opportunity to turn to Jesus. So right where you're at, you can do that. Or maybe there's, you have a what good is that in your life. You can turn to God and let God do a miracle. Let me pray for you. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy. Would you continue to have your way here? And if you're ready to receive Jesus Christ, would you just say this? Say, Jesus, I want to have this mustard seed experience. And right now, I, uh, I turn my life over to you. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. I would give you my life. And I, 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 I want to start a new life with you, Jesus. So as best as I know how, I want to be a Christian right now. Change me, transform me. Others of you, you might be in a situation where you just have two fish and five loaves and you're like, what good is that? Oh, would you just give thanks to God for what you have and say, God, do a miracle with what I have. As long as you're with me, it's enough. It's enough. My faith is in you. My trust is in you. Give me strength that I don't have. Give me hope and joy that maybe I don't have. And do a miracle. Do a miracle in that relationship. Do a miracle in the finances. Do a miracle in my life. In Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen. Praise the Lord, church. God is good. Thank you so much. Um, Hey guys, here it is. Feed 5,000 week is upon us. And this is so exciting. We've been doing this for about 15, 17 years now. Or so. We've been feeding people. And it's starting 
tomorrow. So I'm going to give you four opportunities. You want to get out your phone and you're going to have to take a picture of a couple of slides. I want you to be ready. Tomorrow, Sunday, November 13, we need help setting up. We need help setting up. And can you pick up a bag of groceries? You can help out. Okay, you're qualified then. And if you ever picked up a bag of groceries, so we need help setting up right here at Thorn Creek Church at 12:30 p.m. right after the second service. We're gonna have to take care of all these chairs are gonna have to go. We're gonna set up rows of tables all the way through the halls, and we're gonna start staging all the food under the tables. So show up. We need you here tomorrow at 12.30 p.m. And the next one is going to be on Tuesday. This Tuesday, it's an assembly party, guys. We're gonna fill up this entire building, nothing but Thorn Creekers, and be here at 6.30, and we're gonna put together a whole bunch of bags of food. Now, there's several hours or several different time slots for assembly, but this one is all for Thorn Creek. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. We're also gonna be loading up trucks as well and, and getting ready to distribute. So this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. meet here at the church. Now here are the other two events right here. Here's the next one here. Um, on Thursday, we're gonna go to the Rockview Terrace Apartments. You can Google that to see where that's at. It's on 88th Street. And we're gonna pass out flyers. We're gonna go to doors and just put them on the put them on the door. And, and those flyers are gonna tell this entire apartment complex that we're gonna be there on Sunday. So we need to do that so they can make plans to be at their apartment on Sunday. So this is, if those of you who like to walk, you wanna get your steps in, there it is, right here. Here's your opportunity right here. Uh, may the Lord give us a good day, a good, beautiful day. And then on Sunday, one week from tomorrow, it's Renaissance Sunday. After church, we're gonna drive to the Renaissance and we're gonna feed the entire apartment complex on that day. And when we go and when we feed people. It's going to be so much fun, guys. We've done this so many, so many times. We're going to go knocking on the doors. We always travel in groups and we're going to ask them, hey, is there anything you'd like us to pray for? And they might say yes, they might say no, but we're going to give them an opportunity and then we're going to give them a box that feeds their whole family. That's what we're going to do. It's a lot of fun. So this is an opportunity, church, to be involved. So I hope you can attend as many events as possible. So let's, uh, let's stand up. Oh, let me say one more thing. You can stand up, guys. Go ahead and stand up. Um, if you'd like prayer, we have prayer partners over here on my right, your left, and they are there. Their ministry is to pray for you and with you. So you can walk on over there and they're willing to pray for you. Also, if you're watching online, just if you need prayer, said I need prayer and a host will, will reach out to you and pray for you online as well. Let's worship God.
church. I want to encourage you to honor God with your finances. You know, scripture teaches us to honor him with our, with our giving, and he is a God who provides, and he will watch over you and bless you. So please go to thorncreek.church give. God bless.
Thanks for joining us today at Thorn Creek Church Online. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, to, to put your faith in Him, then would you let us know by clicking that button that's right below the video? This will connect you with one of our online hosts, and we'd love to hear how God's moving in your life. We would love to pray for you as well. Don't forget to follow Thorn Creek Church on all social media to stay up to date with what's going on. And be back next week as we continue our message series, Empty. We're going to be looking at a rich, young ruler. And this ruler thought he had given everything to God, but Jesus showed him there's something else. And that's what we're looking at. What else can we give to empty ourselves to God? So make sure you don't miss that message. And before you go, I want to remind you, this week we are doing our Feed 5000 project. So if you are in the North Denver area, I want to encourage you, I want to invite you to come pack boxes with us on Tuesday, November 15th at 6.30 p.m. right here at the Thorn Creek Church building. You can be a part of feeding over 5,000 people in our community. And if you're not in this area, you can still participate by going to feed5000.gives and you can donate. Sponsor those boxes and we'll be packing them up this Tuesday. Thanks again for joining us. Have a great week. God bless.